This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday week. We've seen off more competitors than Kevin Pressman in the 90s. Good evening, afternoon, morning, everybody. Welcome to the Wednesday week, uh, the Sheffield Wednesday podcast. It is the second week of the season. Uh, we're kind of getting into it a little bit now, aren't we? Um, my name's Eddie, and, uh, you know, normally we, we do a bit of, like, you know, there's a lot of people on the, uh, the Wednesday week, and sometimes people's voices get lost in the shuffle. That's not going to be a problem this week because uh, I've swiped right on the old uh, podcast Tinder, and there is only one person that I found a match with today. Um, but I tell you what, I'm absolutely batting well above my average because it's only the return of James K. Good evening, mate. How are you doing? Good evening. Yeah, I'm very, very good. Thank you. How about you? Uh, not bad at all. It's It's been too long. When was the last time you were on here? It has. I, I, do you know what? I think Vic wrote me into one a couple of months ago, probably just before the end of the season. Um, but other than that, it, it's been a long time. It has. I, you know, and I was probably on holiday at that point. I, uh, I I went a little bit mental towards the end of last season. Um, in fact, it was a terrible end to the season because I went to Mexico, which I thought was going to be a dream destination. And uh, the hotel we were in, uh, I spent the entire two weeks on a sunbed next to a very aggressive Sheffield United fan, um, exactly at the point where they kind of beat Leeds and uh, and sealed their promotion. So, um, you know, so Mexico, thanks a lot. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. Uh, Jamesy, uh, so whereabouts, <laughs> for those of us that, that um, have been following you and following the, the podcast at the same time, uh, you are a special guest because you have the, the insight and the knowledge of being uh, on the inside in this football business that we all love. Uh, whereabouts are you playing your trade this season? Uh, this season I'm, I'm at Handsworth, um, so I've come back to Sheffield. Um, played at Sheffield FC last season, um, had a bit of a bad injury, and then getting back to it as the assistant manager from Sheffield took the Handsworth job and asked me to go there with him. So, uh, so yeah, up at Handsworth. Magic senior pro up there, and uh, you, big big game this week against uh, a team from my neck of the woods. You play Nairsborough, aren't you, this weekend? 
We are indeed, yeah. Um, we've had a we lost. We've played two. We've we've lost one in the league, but then we won in the FA Cup at the weekend. Um, so yeah, hopefully get back to winning ways in the league and uh, and start to knuckle down. Ah, brilliant. Well, you know, I know um, Hansworth social media has been all over it, but uh, Wednesday fans, if you're not making it down to Millwall, and plenty of us aren't because we couldn't get tickets, even with the priority points that we've been uh, mounting up. So if you find yourself at a loose end, it's better than going to Meadowall. Um, yeah, get get over to Hansworth and uh, yeah, go and watch a bit of local football and hopefully you'll see Jamesy. Are you still playing left back, Jamesy, or are you, uh, are you a libero these days or uh, what's going on? Do you know, I've, I've been reverted to a centre-back these days. Look um, at that. Senior pro le- leading from the back. That's it. Less of the overlapping uh, full-back and more to the... Uh, just just a slight jog up to the halfway line. Not not that I would ever compare uh, my level of talent to yours, but uh, I long since made the switch from pacey left winger to fat striker. Um, so, yes, I think it, it comes to us all, no matter what level uh, you eventually played at. Um, it certainly we, does. <laughs> we were um, meant to have Dicky Owl with us uh, for his season debut tonight, but uh, thoughts and prayers with him because uh, in true Sheffield Wednesday style, he got injured in the warm-up and uh, in the last few minutes uh, has, has confirmed that he's going to be able to make it. So it is going to be a bit of a tete-a-tete, uh, Jamesy and I, but I hope that we'll manage to hold our end up. Um, so there's plenty to talk about, even though it's been, uh, you know... A, an early part of the season, there's not an awful lot going on, but um, we absolutely bollocked up uh, this time last week because we decided to record our podcast entirely hours before the transfer deadline. Um, And guess what happened? The last day of the transfer window, Wednesday went absolutely mad and uh, and signed some pretty significant players, uh, made some significant signings and even saw some players walk out of the door. So it'd be great to get your view, Jamesy, on, on some of these. You know, probably the biggest name um, that came in, for, for those of us who have been following the championship over the last few years, uh, from QPR, Australian international midfielder Massimo Luongo. Um, I know it was, his name was mentioned a few times, but it wasn't one of those nailed on moves that was definitely going to happen. Um, what are your thoughts on Luongo coming in? Do, you know, we've got a wealth of of talent and experience in that central midfield. Do you think that he's going to find a place at Hillsborough? And if so, what is the thinking about what he can bring to the squad? Do you know what? I, I don't think he's going to start straight away. Um, I think Hutch has certainly got that kind of like midfield general role tied down. But as we all know, um, he does suffer quite badly with injuries and also suspensions. And I think now this is very much a, a like-for-like replacement if that gap does appear. If it does appear and he takes his chance, then it's for Hutch to, to bide his time and um, wait, wait for his turn again. I think we've so got yeah, to regard him as a, as a... The sign of Luongo, it's, it, it's a great squad addition. It really kind of like thickens up our bench. And um, yeah. and if we do need that replacement, we, we know we've got a capable body there to come in and do the job. It certainly feels like it's a significant upgrade on Dave Jones, doesn't it? Oh, 100%. Um, even when the guy was warming up last season, none of the fans wanted to see him cross the <laughs> white line. Um, but with this guy, I do think we've got somebody who, who is as close, as damn it, as good as Sam Hutchinson. So if we do need him, I'm sure he'll uh, fill those big boots pretty well. Let's hope so. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit about... Um... Uh, you know, he made his debut against Barnsley at the weekend. So we'll maybe talk a little bit about what contribution he did make. Um, 
but there was still plenty of business to be done. So um, Luongo was announced um, on the morning of transfer deadline day. And then as we went past lunchtime and into the afternoon, we uh, announced Jacob Murphy, who's come on a season-long loan from Newcastle. Um, let's not spoil a warning anyone, anyone that bizarrely listens to this <laughs> but doesn't follow what Wednesday do on a Saturday. Um, but uh, Jacob Murphy kind of fits that bill if we were looking for a, a counterpart um, on the uh, you know on the other side um, as far as Pacey Wingers are concerned he kind of absolutely fits that bill so uh, we think that is a, you know it's a decent move it fits a need that we had uh, you know, is he going to be someone who's going to really you know, be able to unlock defences and give us that pace down probably the right hand side he's more likely to play isn't he yeah, yeah, definitely. And for me, I think he could well be one of the best signings that we've made. Um, for, for years, we seem to have cried out for that pacey winger, somebody who will get at the defenders, cause problems, and really put their defence on the back foot. And I think with Jacob Murphy, I think he's come in, he's got a point to prove. Um, and, and I think, obviously, he's done that in the best possible way by, by scoring on his debut. Um so, yeah, I think he's definitely going to be one hell of an addition and, and somebody that opposition defences really will take note of and, and have to change their game plan to, to combat him. Well, I noticed very quickly, obviously, on Saturday that him and Kadeem Harris were doing um, the, the sort of thing that you see, we, we, we've seen in the past at Hillsborough, where the two wide men actually switch sides quite a lot. You know, it's, it isn't even one, you know, one half than the other. Um, they were playing almost interchangeably from the start, weren't they? Yeah, and, and like you say, it's great because that doesn't give a defender a ch- chance to like change his game. Recently, we may have like had a had a slower winger who likes to get the ball and just deliver, whereas this time it's two direct wingers who just want to get the ball, get it at the feet, and and head towards the byline or head towards the goal, and and it makes a a refreshing change to to see that kind of pace and excitement rather than the the slow build up or, or the the longer ball tactic. This is now where we're going to have to work the ball into their feet and look to work off them and and, and get obviously goals coming from their uh, direct runs. It gives us something different that we haven't seen in recent years. I mean, you know, I know under Carlos we played a lot with you know with those the fullbacks overlapping and providing the final ball, and you know the wingers would would cut inside an awful lot because a lot of the time they weren't natural wide men, were they? They were they were central midfielders that were being pushed out wide, and and they always managed to funnel back into the inside. It seems really refreshing. I, I, I'm trying to think when was the last time we really had two wingers on both sides that re, that push to the byline and then try and deliver that final ball themselves. Yeah, like I said, I, I can't remember it myself. Um, the, the last time off the top of my head, I must admit, directly as a replacement, Ross Wallace, kind yeah. of, but then he liked to cut inside. I mean, probably before that, it may well have been Jermaine Johnson. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, the, and, you the, know, the, marry the, that with the pace that they've, they've both got, um, you know, both Murphy and Harris. It's uh, it's exciting and it's, and it's different. And I think, do, uh, do we feel like it's going to work all the time? Or do we? Do you think we're going to have to be a little bit more compact when we go, especially away from home, to some of the more quality sides? Definitely, like I say, it's, it's not going to work all the time, and and they may find that they have bad games. It's just then, what have we got around them to kind of like drag them through that bad game? And also, if like on the, the weekend, Barnsley's fullbacks kind of thought, we we need to sit back here. We can't be. Yeah. We can't go the other way. If it is going to be a game where the their fullbacks do think right. We'll just go and see if they come with us. It then gives them the decision 
do we follow back? Do we stay up front? And it, it, every week will be different, but I think the defenders will be fearing them more than they'll be fearing the fullbacks. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and the, the, I suppose the best thing is that we've got those fullbacks sitting behind. Who you know, these are not traditional fullbacks either. You know, the likes of uh, of Liam Palmer, the likes of Adebayo, um and Dominic Ayoffa. You know, these are players who like to get forward as well. So it's it's almost like kind of pick your poison. Um, you know, how are they going to shut down what we're bringing down both flanks? Uh, you know, and it seems like we've got that midfield three, especially that are going to absolutely hold everything together um, in the middle. Which is, it's going to open up so many opportunities for us to play different ways and exploit different strategies that, that the opposition has to deal with us. Definitely, and like I say, especially with the two attacking fullbacks for us, that really gives our wingers impetus to push on an extra twenty yards up the pitch, knowing that if Barry Bannon gets the ball, for example, and opens his body up. He's then got Liam Palmer running across the halfway line to get the ball rather than them having to receive the ball 30 yards further back. It just gives them an advantage to think they, they may already be 25 yards from goal when they're picking the ball up. That's where we want to see these exciting players pick the ball up and not 10 yards inside our own half when they may have got six players to beat rather than the one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, and I think we saw against Barnsley that... You know, because they were they were setting themselves up so high that there was um, immediate danger every time they got the ball. They were they were already into that that kind of choreo of uncertainty, weren't they? Um, so yeah, it was it's great news. I find it really exciting as a fan to see. Um, I, I suppose you know for the first time in maybe four or five years something that's very different from the the template that probably Carlos brought in. You know, or even the you know the the latter stages of Stuart Gray, where um, we we were a very strong spine, uh, but there wasn't a lot of of difference when it came to width, and there wasn't a difference when it came to um, a kind of a high press game. De definitely, and like I, said, I just think there there seems to be more squad depth and squad variety now. Yeah. Whereas previously it may well have been a light for light replacement. Do you know, like Boyd comes off, Jones comes on. Now we seem to have got that bit of variety where we can we can add a bit of creativity, or we can stick Luongo on if we if we're one nil up and we're trying to hold on to a game and we just need another solid person in the middle just to cover that defence. I think we've got that good variety now to come off the bench to really either push us on to, to try and claw back a game or to really hold on to a game if we're in the lead. Hopefully we will we will never need to claw back a game, and if we do. Atinuiu is still in the squad, so everything's good. <laughs> so, uh, the, the final bit of business that we did on deadline day um, probably flew under the radar a little bit because, uh, you know, signing a, a centre-back isn't always the most exciting bit of business, especially when that centre-back isn't Michael Hector. Um, have you got any thoughts on the, you know, the non-appearance of Hector you know, on deadline day? I know a lot of people talked about the reasons behind it. Have you got a view as to, A, you know, is it reasonable that we didn't sign him? And B, um, would it have been a good bit of business if we had got him at what we think the price, the asking price was going to be? For me, the asking price, was it about four million maybe? I think I, think I, I had some people saying five, but certainly it was more than kind of three, three and a half, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. For me, a player in his last year of his contract, I think that's a hell of a lot of money. Um to, to, be, to be quite honest, um, the, the big German who's come in, he, he's done a great job, seems to be becoming a fan's favourite already. 
so for me, you kind of have to just think about it in, in the bigger picture. Obviously, we needed to cut back on a little bit of spending. We maybe couldn't have afforded the, the four or five million to, to bring him in. Who knows? Come January, we may well sign him on a, on a pre-contract agreement. Um, but for me, I think this time, letting that one slip through our fingers, maybe in the long run, won't do us too bad. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, and I think when you put it into perspective and you see what Chelsea did for not much more money, um, letting David Luiz go, and now obviously there's a, there's a serious wages implication when you're letting David Luiz walk out of the door compared to a Michael Hector. But... Um, but for Wednesday, it would have been very much the same sort of deal. You know, the um, we would have need to really push the boat out to make sure that financially we could afford a Michael Hector. Um, and, I, you know, I agree. I think we might get him in January um, and his value will be depressed even more at that point. But you're absolutely bang on that, uh, you know, Bournemouth looks like, you know, he's the real deal. He's, he's a different type of player, Hector, but he certainly looks like he's um, he can shine at this level. Um and the guy we signed, David Bates. Now, you know, I, I don't watch Scottish football because um, because it's monkey tennis. Um, but, you know, <laughs> he's spent time at Rangers. Uh, but probably more interestingly, uh, spent his time in uh, Bundesliga 5, uh, in the second tier of German football, and really, really highly regarded. I spoke to a few Hamburg fans, and they uh, they really rated him, and he, he got a good, uh, a good crack at last season uh, in the Bundesliga. So... Do do we think that he's anything more than squad depth at this point? Uh, it looks like Lees and Bourne are, are settled as a you know as a first choice. Um, is is David Bates just a Scottish Van Arken, or do we think there's more to it than that? Do you know what? Again, like I said, I'm I'm not up on Scottish football. I'm I'm not really up on on the David Bates history. Um, however, obviously Lee Bullen's got ties to Scottish football. He'll have had his sources do do their bit of homework for him and, and give their feedback on him. Um, for me, again, I think it, if, if he does come with that reputation, it just adds to the squad depth again, doesn't it? Um, it just means that we don't have to throw in a, an 18-year-old lad um, to, to make his debut or, or to fill a number. It may well be that Hutchinson drops into centre-half. Um, yeah. However, the, they've brought David Bates in to kind of plug that gap for us not signing um, Michael Hector. I'm guessing, obviously, his wages may well have been a lot less, um, as well as a, a £4 million transfer tag. So, for me, he's got to get his chance. Um, and then again, it, as with Luongo, it's up to him. If, if he gets that shirt, he's got to keep it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so, three players in on, on deadline day. Um Two moves out, you know, one has only actually just been announced and it's a, a season-long loan. It was uh, Jus van Aken. Uh, he's gone to VFL Osnabrück, who I think play again in the second tier um, of the Bundesliga. Uh, so he'll be off the books and I don't think too many Wednesday fans will shed too many tears. I think he, he flashed at times van Aken, but, um, you know, I think it, 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 the level that we're looking to play at, he's only ever been really squad depth. Um, and of course, the major move was probably the one that actually allowed us to uh, to do the business we did on deadline day, uh, which is Lucas Shaw. So he scored on his debut for Reading. Um, so he's starting to repay that investment that Reading have made. It's five million rising to seven million, uh, if I'm if I'm correct. Uh, James, you know this 
represents for Wednesday, obviously, a huge outgoing transfer. It would It is our record deal. Um, do we feel in the final analysis that it's probably a fair price for Lucas Shaw and that you know we, we we probably took him as far as he could go in the setup at Wednesday. Definitely, I think that that's that's a great bit of business by the club. Um, I, th- I think that the easy thing to say about about these kind of players is potential. It's such a big word, and what what we've always said about Lucas Jow is he's got the potential. He's got the potential, but there gets a, there gets to a time in a player's career where it's no longer potential, and is it a wasted opportunity? He's shown flashes of brilliance in little bits and bobs, but consistently to break into that team, I don't think he had it in him. Um, And if you look at £7 million potentially for a squad player at Sheffield Wednesday, that's a great bit of business. (laughs) Um, Like I say, he's a squad player and it's broken our transfer um, incoming record. So like I say, I think personally that, that is great business. I think it feels like we've really had our head screwed on this transfer window. And, you know, I don't want to talk about us winning the transfer window because I think it's a bit too early. But how long has it been since we've been kind of like that excited and we feel like we've been the the, the team making the right moves and, uh, you know, and, and giving ourselves an opportunity to to do something different and, and to improve the overall product that goes on the field? It's It's been fantastic, to be honest. Yeah, it's been such a refreshing summer. Um, obviously, we, we got our contract situation sorted out nice and early. We tied down Kieran Westwood. The good news of Kieran Lee signing a new um, contract with the club. So I think there's been a lot of positives. Um, it's slow. It's been fed to us slowly, um, yeah. which I think's obviously kept people excited over the boring summer that we've just had. Um, and then to, to go on to the last week of transfer deadline and to, to bring in the, the people that we have, which have clearly boosted our squad um, and make the good bit of business with, with the couple of exits. I think somebody behind the scenes has um, really deserves a pat on the back for, for what's gone off this summer. Absolutely. Uh, you know what? Uh, uh, my kids could not care less about the uh, the quality of the players that are coming in until they actually see them and fall in love with them. They're really buzzing because they can actually get their kits in time to go on holiday with and uh, represent the Owls abroad. So, yeah, I think Wednesday have just somehow managed to pull it out. Uh, the, the, the summer has been phenomenal for Sheffield Wednesday on every metric that we normally have where we're always bloody moaning, bloody rubbish, bloody useless Wednesday, can't get kits in the sh- in club shop, can't sign players, everything's knackered. Um, so yeah, apart from having a manager, we've basically absolutely nailed it. So well, that, so well done, everyone. Sheffield Wednesday. We we are very much used to to one step forward, two steps back, Course. and and this summer everything seems to be to be going in the right direction. So uh, so yeah, like you said, somebody deserves a huge pat on the back. Well, the feel good factor continued on Saturday because uh, Barnsley came to town, first home game of the season. Um, I wonder, out of the 28,000 in Hillsborough, I wonder what proportion of those attending the match nudged the person next to them and said, hey, pitch is looking right, isn't it? Because um, that's like the right of passage summer. In first game of the season, you've got to comment on the quality of the pitch. Uh, it did look fantastic. And I'll tell you what, what went on on the pitch looked fantastic. Um, before we get into that, though, you know, it's... Uh, 
it was a, a great game to start the season. It's Barnsley, it's local. Radio Sheffield get very excited about it. Uh, Jamesy, is Barnsley a real derby? Do we actually care about this more than, you know, let's say, you know, Derby or uh, Blackburn or someone like that? Do you know what? I, I'm not going to say it's a derby because for me, there's only one derby for Sheffield Wednesday. However, this is because of, of the obviously the proximity of Barnsley. This means that people may work with Barnsley fans. A better chance of them working with a Derby fan rather than a Luton fan, for instance. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what adds the excitement because there could well be family who's Barnsley fans who are, who are close. So I think that's just what adds to the excitement a little bit more than a, a game against Derby, for instance, or, or Nottingham Forest. So although it's not a Derby, I do think there is a little bit extra to it because of friends and family, which you could see quite regular, who could well be Barnsley fans. <laughs> do we do we think it means more when the pigs aren't in our division? So the, you know this season this is yeah. the the most local game that we will have. So do we think Wednesday fans are more up for it? Do we think that actually the fact that it was the first game of the season has taken away from that a bit? If we were going to be playing Barnsley at Hillsborough on I don't know like the eleventh of November, do we think there'd be more buzz about it because it was Barnsley? Uh, do you know, I, th I think you're, you're right in obviously saying that with, with it being the first home game of the season, I think that gave us an extra an extra push. The first chance for many of the fans to see to see the new signings, to see the pitch, to see the kits, just to be around Hillsborough. So I think that kind of added to the, to the overall excitement and, and build-up of the day. Um, maybe a little bit extra because it was because the local game, but overall it, it's not a derby. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course it isn't. We don't care about them. Um, so, I, you know, what it did do was it created a bit more of an atmosphere in the ground. There was a little bit of a buzz because, you know, because it's local, um, you know, Barnsley, they don't they don't travel well because they haven't invented cars yet, but they can get a bus to Willsborough. Um, so they, they brought a decent following. Um, the first thing, obviously, that we heard just before kickoff, um, Barry Bannon was injured. Um, and that meant that Adam Reach was moved inside. Uh, to kind of maintain that midfield three, uh, veteran midfield three, I think we can call it. Uh, and actually what I did was allow Murphy to make his debut that he possibly wouldn't have done. You know, uh, Lee Bullen said that if Barry Bannon had been fit, he would have kept with the same side. Uh, you know, that change probably uh, changed the entire complexion of the match, didn't it? Definitely. Um, and, like, and like you say, it's, when, when you hear... Before the game, Barry Bannon's not going to be in the squad. It's oh, who's going to replace him? And then to be fair to to Murphy, he's come in, got his chance and and taken it. And and like you say, he's, that then puts another um, gives Liebel and another tough decision for Saturday as to do, does he put Barry Bannon straight back in, or does he have to wait and bide his time for, for somebody to lose that shirt? For for a change at Sheffield Wednesday, there's actually excitement and. You do anticipate that squad to, to who's going to be picked to kind of see what kind of game we're actually going to put out. Is it going to be the the pacey wingers or is it going to revert to to reach back out wide where we can he can maybe be a little bit more direct and get the balls into Fletcher. Yeah, 
and, and you know, and, and and that versatility as well, where um, you know, especially away from, we'll, we, you know, we'll see what happens at Millwall, but um, away from home, we, we are with reach in the in the side. We're able to to, to kind of be a bit of a shapeshifter. You know, we can we can push him inside, play him behind a front one. We can play him, you know, in behind, uh, you know, a, a two, and we can play him out wide as well. So. You know, there's a lot of flexibility there where, you know, these pure wingers that we're talking about, you know, probably don't offer us the same thing. But, um, but you know, with it, two minutes on the clock, uh, almost, I think it might have even been his first touch of the ball, wasn't it? Uh, what, what a way yeah, to announce he, yourself for the Hillsborough crowd. And like you say, to, to have only signed that week, he's obviously not had much much time with the lads. Um, the, the lads are still trying to understand his game, get to know what he's like, but... But what a way to to introduce yourself to uh, to Hillsborough. First first couple of minutes, first goal against Barnsley. W- well done to the lad. Let's uh, let's hope it continues into a, a bit of bit of a goal scoring uh, form for him. Oh, let's hope so. I mean, the the atmosphere was absolutely electric at that point. No, um, I don't know whether you've seen and everyone listening. I'm sure if you're on Twitter, you'll have seen the the video that the um, the club posted. And it was, you know, taken from uh, the Leppings Lane end, and just hearing the crowd as soon as that ball kind of—I mean, it was a terrible pass from, you know, the Derby defender went right across their um, their centre backs and and uh, got across onto that left wing. And then as soon as the ball broke to Murphy, there must have been 25,000 people just shouting "Guan" in unison. And as soon as the Guan got in there. He then just dropped it in, and it's just an p- absolutely perfect finish. And I think it set the scene for the entire afternoon. It became a bit of a kind of carnival atmosphere at Wednesday. And when you know Wednesday are playing well, and our tails are up, that's the atmosphere that Hillsborough generates. Uh, it, it it really was pretty spine tingling to start the season. Um, we've got to hope that we can continue doing that because Hillsborough, when it's rocking, and Hillsborough, when it's positive, is a real help to to Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. Um, when Hillsborough oh. turns poisonous, it's one of the worst places to play in the world. So uh, we've got to hope dreadful. that we. Yeah, absolutely. So we, you know we yeah, have I mean, to carry you, on with that. You just, you just look back to the to the big nights, Snow, Brighton. Um, that's when the, the stadium's rocking, and it gives them players that extra bit of impetus and that extra little bit of drive. They might try something that they wouldn't usually try if the crowd are on the back. It, it yeah. takes that kind of like safety catch off their performance and it's really let, let's go and express ourselves and and that's that's the way that we're going to succeed this season by getting all the fans behind the players really encouraging them and, and letting these some of these lads are still quite young they're going to make the odd mistake but give them the opportunity they're going to produce the goods like they did on Saturday I tell you what it reminded me of on Saturday was, um, and it is, I think it's actually because it's Kadeem Harris and he he looks and runs so much like Mikel Antonio. It reminded me of the Wickham game when Antonio, you know, herring towards uh, the goal at that Leppings Lane end, and you know the the crowd really got up for it. It was yeah, let's you know it, let's bottle that feeling because if we can keep recreating that, then we're going to have a home advantage that few teams can match. It's uh, yeah, it's been fantastic. Um, so yeah, so one nil up. Uh, I think it's fair to say, you know, Barn- the Barnsley were never outclassed and overawed by us, but 
there was there was never a part of the game where we felt like we weren't in complete control, was there? Especially when we got into the second half. No, d- definitely. Um, like I say, I think what the new manager at Barnsley is trying to do will take time. Obviously, they've, they've had a quite a lot of exits this summer. Um, but like I say, throughout the game, we, we didn't really feel under too much pressure. It, it was always in our grasp. Um, obviously, young Cam Dawes pulled off a fantastic save. If that goes in, it, it could well have been a little bit different. But still, even at that, you kind of thought that we, we still had it in us to, uh, to to push on another level. That that second goal is always going to be important in you know in a local game as well. Um, but it, but putting that to one side, when there's you know the home team that is in the ascendancy, um, if they get that second goal, then you can pretty much put the game to bed, and it, that's exactly what we did. Um, you know what I, what I love about about Fletch is that uh, he is. He's a complete striker in so many ways. You know, we've seen his aerial presence and it's it's awe-inspiring to see his dominance in the air. Um, but I tell you what, he showed some unbelievable body control. He sent the defender for an absolute bag of chips, didn't he, when he dropped the shoulder just before, um, you know, striking that shot to get the, get the second goal. That was absolutely... The way he shifted his body... Um, it was just absolutely fantastic. That's what all young strikers should be looking at. Yeah, it's not about lashing the ball. It's not about you don't always have to have the ball at your feet to beat six men. Just the one drop of the shoulder. I, the, the, the fullback's probably still running at this minute in time. I think he's just halfway up. He's halfway up the south stand steps. Um, he's trying to climb up into the grandstand because that was. It was fantastic, great to see, and then obviously it's such a composed finish afterwards, and that just shows that Fletcher's got that side to his game as well as the hustle and bustle, hold it up, flick on, into his chest. When the ball's on the floor, he's equally as deadly. Yeah, and a great to see him creating things for himself as well. Uh, you know, so so often in you know recent seasons, he's he's almost been reduced to being a finishing man, whereas you know that. Uh, that is what Stephen Fletcher can do, and uh, yeah, it, it was phenomenal to see. So other, you know, other than that, great goal. You know, only I mean, two good goals, really well taken. Overall, um, who have you got pegged as the you know most impressive performers? Yeah, we talk. We don't talk about man of the matches, but we talk about um, you know who who were the players who most impressed you in terms of what they gave to the team. Sadie. Um Kieran Lee, for for a guy who was close to retiring um, to, to, to put in performances like that when he's got there's a lot of expectation on him because obviously people have missed him, people understood that the level of performance that he was at before obviously he had quite a serious injury and then to to go back into the team although he, he's never been out of the team he's credit to the man um, and, and I think he's he's now finding that that form and, and his, that can continue as well as his fitness. Then again, that that's like another signing for us this this summer. In it, just uh, you know, and I, so I think we'll say it again and again. And uh, you know, we we might we might put it in the uh, in, in Gary Hooper's box uh, because we're going to mention it every week. <laughs> I think it's a big if if we can keep uh, those veteran central midfielders fit and that they're playing. The quality that they have is just 
it is absolutely top end in this division. I I think, especially with the additions of the you know the the two wingers that we talked about, if you look at what we have in midfield, I, I think you'd struggle to make a case there is a, another club in this division that has the the mix of abilities and a mix of skills, but the raw talent level and experience that we have. It, it really is a strength that we've got. So. Um, you know, I am touching, you know, rabbit's feet, you're knocking on wood, um, horseshoes, the whole lot. If we can keep, you know, Hutch and Lee and Bannon um, fit for the vast majority of this season, I can't see any reason why, you know, I can't see any way that a team is going to be able to dominate us in the middle of the park. No, like you say, it's got a bit of everything, hasn't it? It's got the, the yeah. pace on the wings, you've got creativity from Bannon and Kieran Lee. You've got the the dominance of, of Hutchinson. It, it's got a bit of everything. Even Barry Bannon's got a bit of bite to his game. And then obviously you you still got to look at it and think potentially there could even be a foresty area at, at the top of that three. Yeah. With, with, with his little bit of class as well. It, people are not even mentioning his name at the moment, but he's another one who's got just amples of ability and, and one who can get you on the edge of your seat straight away. So again, it kind of goes back to the the strength in depth that we've actually got this season. Yeah, it's, and, it's and exciting. No, no, no disrespect to, to to some of the young lads, but it's not a case where we've got to bring on a Matt Penny um, or or another academy graduate. We've actually got a Fernando Forestieri itching to come on, or or it could well be an Adam Reach itching to come on. So yeah, I think it's it's going to be an exciting season. And like you say, if we can keep the, the majority of them fit and, and all itching for a place, then uh, it's it's going to be a certain headache for, for whoever gets the managerial nod. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, <laughs> we'll talk about it in a, in a little bit. It's, um, it's a honeymoon period at the moment. And, you know, number one, we're top of the league. James Marriott will absolutely hate this because you do not look at the league table. It doesn't even exist until Christmas. <laughs> um, so we're not talking about being top of the league. But what we are saying, this is the first time that we've won back-to-back -back games to start the season since 96-97. So um, for those who remember, for those who were too young, we were in the Premier League for a start. But that was four games where we went away to Newcastle and won we came back to Hillsborough. Um, uh, we went away to Leeds and won 2-0. Andy Booth was the new signing and he scored against Leeds and loved it. Richie Humphrey scored four goals in four games, including an absolute worldie against Leicester. Um, it, you know, these were heady times, but we haven't, we haven't done this. Wednesday always starts slowly and we're giving ourselves a great chance. With I think we all agree we've got quite a forgiving start to the season. Um, if we're serious about putting together a run to to be where we want to be, and I think given the strength of the side, I, you know, I think I think the playoffs is something we should be aspiring to. How crucial is it that we pick up multiple wins from, let's say, the next four games before we get into the the meat of the season? Oh, one hundred percent. Listen, winning is a, is a great. It's, it, it, breeds such a good mentality and it's such a good habit to get into the habit of winning and the excitement of winning is something that all these players will be thriving on at the minute there's nothing worse than going into a season and, and you're three games without a win 
Then you're four games without a win. And then you start thinking, when will this win come? What Sheffield Wednesday doing at the moment is, who have we got next? Bring yeah. it on. Let's go for it. We're confident. It, it, it almost doesn't matter. So in terms of concrete results, you know, we've talked about the management situation. Um, I think as a, as a, a fan base... I don't know what it's like inside the club at the moment. I don't know what Dave on Chancery is thinking. I don't know what the the master plan is right now. But as a fan base, it almost feels like we're, you know we are switching to the point where I think maybe the majority, it might be fifty two or forty eight or something like that, um, are starting to think Lee Bullen could be the answer long term. As far as you know, it, put yourself in Dave on Chancery's shoes, Jamesy. What do you think Lee Bullen needs to do in order to make it a decision that, that Dave Fonchancieri has to make? How how many points does he need to get over the next four games for him to be the shoe-in to be the next manager? Do you know what? I, I think it's a, it's, it is a bit of a shame that the Berry game got called off this week because I think yeah. that would have been another chance for Lee Bullen to put his team out um, and, and give the fans something else to cheer about. Um, the League Cup's not something that we've always taken seriously or always done well in, but I think Lee Bullen would. He's trying to get himself a job. He wants the team to do well. So it is a bit of a shame that game's been um, been postponed. Um, however, I do think another couple of performances, not necessarily wins, but I think if, if we were to remain unbeaten even, yeah. I do think that would give Lee Bullen the extra oomph to kind of say, listen, I might not have put this squad together myself, but what I've got this squad doing and how I've got them playing is exciting to watch. They're enjoying playing for him, which you can quite clearly see. The, the atmosphere around the place seems to be very positive. So I think there's... There's more reasons to give him the job than than not to give him the job. Um, for me, I'd much rather him get it than somebody who's just fallen off the the manager merry-go-round in the championship. Yes, um, I, I was going to say, is is there anybody out there that you would look at and say this is a a reasonable alternative to appointing Lee Bull, and this is somebody who I think could um, could do at least as well as what Bully seems to be doing. And also, we we safeguard that position of having Bully as, you know, a, a first-team coach and, and remaining in the setup. You know, I, I can't think of too many names. Is there anyone out there that you think that Wednesday could realistically target? Not, not, not really off the top of my head. Um, I mean, before Djukanovic took the role in the, in the Middle East or the Far East, he could have potentially been a name... Um, but other than that, it, it's somebody who's who's had the check. For me, if it had to be anybody, I would have gone with with the the guys at Lincoln, because yes. they've got they've got a point to prove. They've they've earned the crack at a bigger job. Do you know what I mean? They've done well with Lincoln. They're now looking yeah. up, thinking if we go to Sheffield Wednesday, we've earned this. Let's let's prove we belong here rather than somebody who's managed three clubs in the championship and kind of thinks, if I'm here for six months or, or 18 months, I might get the sack. I'll get another job. If I take them up, I'll be a hero. If I don't, 
don't worry about it. I'll get another job. Yeah. I, I, so, and you know what? Yeah. I think um, it's uh, Danny Cowley at Lincoln, isn't it? And um, I know is, that yeah. he... He's, he's local. I know that he's got some skin in the game. You know, he, he's very, very passionate about the idea of this Wednesday job. Um, I wonder whether it's the right time right now for him. Um, and and it's and it will be a big risk for Wednesday, given that it's clear that the the players in the first team squad are quite happy to be uh, working under Lee Bullen. And and that is absolutely huge for a, especially a squad that um, because of, you know because of Lukai and because of the way that he went about his business, he uh, for reasons that can only be clear to himself drove a massive wedge in that squad. We have now got a team and a squad that are uh, that are united that are playing for each other and that absolutely respect the man who is you know is picking the side. Um, and you see the results in that. It's it's so important, isn't it, James? I mean, look, you you've you've been inside that pro dressing room. You understand exactly how it feels as a player. You know, is there anything anything that we need more right now than a first team coach who senior players absolutely respect to make the right choice? De- definitely, and I think for me, the, the the big thing, obviously, even was Cam Dawson playing at the weekend. Obviously. Uh, Joss left the club. Bully came in, kind of said, "Listen, I'm bringing Kieran Westwood back in." For a young lad, his confidence must well have been shot. Ah, oh, completely. And then he's gone in first home game of the season, pulled off a great save, and it is likely that if Kieran Westwood back fit, he's going to get dropped again next week. However, he's obviously done that for Lee. He's playing for Lee Bull, and he's proud to to have done that. If that was under the last regime, would his confidence have been as high? Could he may well have cost us or, or, or done a little few errors? Then, then potentially, but like you say, I think they're, they're all playing for Lee Bullen. I think what the, the, the big question is, who Lee Bullen would bring in as his coaching staff? Yeah. And I think that could, that could well be a deciding factor as to, does Lee Bullen get the job on a permanent basis or do we look for an experienced um, managerial trio or duo or, or somebody who can bring in experience with them. Um, so yeah. I think that could that, that could be the only thing that, that the chairman's pondering over to kind of think yes or, or no. We've certainly got we've got the bones there, haven't we? You know, you've got you've got key positions covered, like Nicky Weaver, for instance. You know, it feels it feels right, but I think you're absolutely right. You know, if, if Bully gets the job full time or whoever gets the job full time, we're very we are light on coaching staff. We're operating on on a kind of a skeleton staff at the moment, don't we? we need to fill in those gaps. Um, it's going to be interesting. One of the one of the things that I did notice uh, trolling the internet is that uh, one very very famous name has thrown his hat into the ring. He, he claims that he would uh, shed blood for this club as manager in the same way that he did as a player. Um, I've got two words for you, Jamesy. The first one's Carboni, and of course the second is Benito. Um, is, is there any benefit to bringing uh, what, what clearly a Wednesday legend? But the, you know this sort of player, uh, this sort of character, is, is there any reason why we'd be looking to do something like that? Not, not at this moment in time. I don't think. <laughs> I think maybe um, 
I think that those kind of managerial appointments are great to to bring positivity back to a club. Yeah. Let's just say after Joss left, that's the kind of thing that pulls fans back on side. It's a. I'm not saying it's, it's all a PR stunt, but a little bit, a little bit of it is a bit of a PR stunt to get fans back on side, so you can kind of brush a few things under the carpet because you've brought in this this club club legend. Um, but at this moment in time, I, I don't think it'd be the right decision. Um, who knows in the <laughs> excuse me in the future. Maybe <laughs> well, he, he could he could be there with his little pizza and his Porsche outside the um, <laughs> outside the Leppings Lane end, but I, I think it'll be uh, Lee Bullen and a bag of chips for the time being. Yeah, I, you know, I'm keeping my eye on it. I know you know Fudgy Fudgy's currently away in uh, in France this week. He's he's doing the the flouncing around in Europe bit uh, for this week. He's playing that role. Um, but I like to keep my eye on the situation as far as continental players are concerned because I know Fudge is very, very passionate about the likes of your Reggie Blinkers. Um, uh, Carboni, he's, he's done all his coaching badges. He's not just saying, look, I'm sat outside a cafe like Jane Richardson on uh, Gazetta Football Italia. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he's been working with Walter Zenger uh, in Serie B. So you know, he knows what he's talking about. He's, he's, a, he's a proper coach, etc. But I agree with you, Jamesy. I I don't think the time is right. I think you know if we are going to go in that direction, um, it, as an assistant coach maybe, uh, but certainly it would have been the sort of move that you'd expect a team to make when you're at your lowest ebb. You know when Jos Lukai has ripped all of the heart out of the team and, and nobody knows whether we're coming or going on day to day basis. So uh, yeah, I think Benito. As much as we love you, uh, we might you might have to wait or at least maybe you know win a couple of Serie A titles first and then we can talk. Yeah. Um, Definitely. So, moving on, uh, that that kind of sums it up. We're you know, six points, two games. Uh, we've got some great new players in. Uh, everything is going phenomenally for the fans of Sheffield Wednesday and the club itself, right up until the point when the safety advisory group get involved. Um, so, for those of you not following the story, uh, the safety advisory group is a coalition of interested parties. Let's say so. Uh, the club have their representatives on there, the fans have their representatives, South Yorkshire Police have their representatives and the council uh, go on there and they basically convene meetings to talk about how they can ruin the match day experience for Sheffield Wednesday fans. Their latest ruse has been um, to close down all the entrances and exits to the home areas of the ground from the Leppings Lane end. So if you're sat at the Leppings Lane end of the south stand, you can't get in at the turnstiles down there. If you're sat anywhere in the north stand and you happen to drink at maybe the Riverside Cafe on Catch Bar Lane before the game, uh, you can't get it to Hillsborough from the Leppings Lane car park. You have to walk all the way down the side streets and come back in off Penniston Road. Um, now, on the way in, uh, the first day that it was happening was Saturday. Uh, on the way in, I didn't notice anything too much different, but I think that's because, generally speaking, football fans kind of turn up in dribs and drabs. There's, there's always a bit of a surge late on because we all like to get that final pint in before we uh, head through the turnstiles. But, and it's a big but, um, the scenes after the match when 10,000 Wednesday fans in the North Stand and 10,000 Wednesday fans in the South Stand we're trying to get out of those stands through you know a couple of a couple of rows of stairs and some exit gates 
out onto Peniston Road. And then the scenes where 20,000 Wednesday fans are spilling out onto a dual carriageway that has not been closed off. Uh, I think it makes a mockery of the idea that the safety advisory group are actually advising on safety. Uh, it was an absolute mess. So... Uh, I don't know, you know, James. Have you got any views on this? Because you know, my view is this is an absolute clusterfuck that needs to be resolved. And I know the club are complaining about it, but us as fans, um, it is like the absolute worst experience of being an away fan in your own stadium. It can't be right, can it? Surely. No, and like you say, it's different entering the ground because obviously some people like to get in there at one thirty. Some people like to get in there at five to three. So that's that's in dribs and drabs. But come the 88th, 89th minute, full time, that's when everybody leaves the stadium. Nobody stays and, and hangs around. Um, for me, should all the fans come together at one e exit? Possibly not. Um, just simply because of the minority. Don't get me wrong, it's not everybody, but it no. is for the minority who do try and drag into the situation the majority. Um, but things need to be thought out in a, in a hell of a lot more detail rather than um, act first, think second, and, and think of the consequences afterwards. Yeah. I think, obviously, the, the, the club um, want, want the fans to be happy. So, obviously, they want the fans to return. They don't want the fans not to go back because of instances after games um but also south yorkshire police wants as little disturbance as possible so i think it is going to be a case where multiple parties have to get around a table really get their heads together and think out what's best for everybody and and not just one party yeah i just i hope there's a common sense solution to this because it it certainly seems to me like the people making the decisions certainly weren't having to deal with uh, with the outcomes of that decision because it was you know i think it it would have been scary for young kids it was it, it it just brought back memories of the way that football fans used to be treated um you know when i when i was younger when we were all younger uh, and it, it it isn't right it doesn't make any sense for a start because you've you've now got you know, a proportion of 20,000 fans who were spilling out onto Peniston Road only then to have to do a U-turn and go, you know, go up um, uh, up alongside Hillsborough Park or go up those side streets and get back to the top end. It's, uh, it's badly thought through. So, I, you know, I think I really hope the club um, can prevail upon the Stadium Advisory Group and uh, and make them understand that it's a it's a terrible decision. Um and you know, and if the if there's a way that needs to be found that means that there isn't the chance of that minority causing problems down at Leppings Lane after the after the game, then so what? Uh, you know, so be it. We can we can live with that. But something has to change because if I know anything about Mr. Chancery, it's that uh, <laughs> if he doesn't get his way, he's liable to just do something completely mental. And it wouldn't surprise me that if if this carries on happening. He'd probably just you know bulldoze the Leppings Lane end and say we've got no away fans available now. You can't have any away tickets, um, and you know he's 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 mental that way. So uh, yeah, I let's... mean, what, what, I don't I don't see there being any harm in in keeping away fans behind for 
10 or 15 minutes after the game, let the home fans disappear. Yeah. Empty up the streets and then let the away fans out. Um, it, it's happened to me dozens of times before at away days. So I don't see why that can't just be a regular thing. To kind of say, listen, you will be kept behind 20 minutes. We'll clear the streets and, and everybody goes home safe and happy. Yeah, yeah. I know, here, here. It, it, it would be great for it to be resolved. Uh, I think long term, the solution is going to have to be a change to uh, the entire infrastructure there at Leppings Lane. Um, you know, I've I've been quite vocal on it in the past. I'd, I'd like to see that stand demolished and replaced by something else. And the space seems to be there. It's just whether we can uh, find the, the, both the finances and the, the, the will to do it. But uh, we'll keep monitoring that and, uh, and see what happens. Um, so moving on, Carabao Cup, uh, that is the, the Rumbelows Cup, to those of you who don't do new things. Um, we've just been drawn away at Rotherham. It's still not a derby though, is it, Jamesy? It's still not a derby. It's still not a derby. Um, however, going back to my point about Barnsley, I've got a lot of family who are Rotherham fans, <laughs> uh, a lot of friends who are Rotherham fans, obviously going to a Rotherham school. Again... To me, it's, it's the cup. It doesn't really matter if we win, lose, or, or, or go to extra time. I'd say draw. Um, it would be nice to win. Um, but again, it's not a proper derby. The atmosphere obviously won't be as, as big as the weekend with it not being a league game. But again, it's, 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 a, it's a good draw for Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, it certainly means that we've got a, um, a a great prospect of progressing. You know, in recent seasons, we have used the League Cup as an opportunity to give game time to uh, you know what has been a really strong kind of under twenty threes contingent, hasn't it? Um, given where we are right now, and it, and it looks very much like we are uh, we're not going to be making a massive use of. You know your your Matt Pennies and your Jordan Thornleys, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, in the league campaign, do you feel that this is going to be an opportunity to uh, to give that you know those those academy graduates, the lads who have had a taste of first team football, a real mission this year in the way that maybe you know kind of Carlos did um, in his first season, didn't he? Where you know we we played with a different team in the League Cup than we did uh, in our league fixtures. Do you know, for me, I'm going to say at the minute, not right now. I think we've got, going back to what I said earlier about the, the strength in depth, obviously, to, to bring into League Cup games, you've got a Cameron Dawson, um, you've got a David Bates, Luongo, um, Forestieri, Jordan Rhodes. That is not an under-23s team. That, that, that's, that's a group of senior pros who, yeah. who, have, who will get an opportunity and they've either got to take the opportunity and, and try and force their way into the team or will they just roll up its Rotherham away on a Tuesday night in the Little Cup? How will they perform? I think under Lee Bullen's guidance, I think they will be chomping at the bit for that game. They will want that game time. And then it might be a chance to to give one or two of these under twenty threes a chance. The, the, the lads who have actually deserved it. The, the, the last thing that that you want is is just to throw a five or six of them in who I'm not saying haven't deserved it. 
um, but are, are there because of what they've done previously. Somebody who's in form at the minute, who's got a potential to be forcing the way into that squad match day squad. But looking at the Sheffield Wednesday's bench at the weekend, I can't see there being many of the under twenty threes that that get a game in in the League Cup at the moment. No, no, I couldn't agree more. So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. There's still a little while left until um, until those ties go down. We still don't know necessarily whether we are uh, in there because you know the the Berry situation still has not been resolved, and you know we really hope that uh, they find a solution to that because it would be it would be really sad to see a team like Berry who uh, have been in the league for God knows how long. Um, kind of folding. It's a uh, sad reality of football uh, at the, the present time. Um, but we'll see what happens as far as that is concerned. In the meantime, we have uh, something very definite, which is our trip away to South London. We've got Millwall um, away. Now, you know, other than the fact that Millwall finished fourth bottom last year, um, I know absolutely nothing about Millwall these days. They don't even have Mark Beavers anymore, so we can't even uh, can't even use that <laughs> to hang it off. Um, I looked at their results. Uh, they've played West Brom twice already this season. Uh, that seems a bit keen to me, play one team twice in three games. Um, we've got Dominic Iorfa potentially back from a ban. Uh, I don't know whether he'll fit in or not. Uh uh, have you got any insight to offer into into what Millwall might represent this season, Jamesy? Or would you like to just talk about what Wednesday are going to do and offer us a prediction? Do you know, I, I don't know much about Millwall this season, but historically, you know, when you when you're off to the den, it's it's not going to be an easy game. Um, there's the hostile atmosphere. Obviously, away teams don't always like. Um, so you know it's going to be a very much tin hats on, backs to the wall kind of performance where they're going to throw everything and the kitchen sink at you. <clears throat> this year, it just depends on obviously how we perform. Have we got to adapt our game to, to, to suit theirs or are Millwall going to have to change their approach to to look at obviously what they can do to counteract obviously Sheffield Wednesday's attack and threats this season? So, um, like I said, I don't know too much, but I think it's um, it's another good opportunity. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Lee Bullen sets us up with, uh, you know, obviously the first game of the season is the first game of the season. Um, we were quite expansive against Reading. Uh, Millwall finishing where they did last season, you kind of think that maybe we'd set up in the same way. So it might be quite telling the way that Lee Bullen decides to play this game, if he if he feels that Millwall deserve maybe more respect than Reading, um, then we might see something change, and, and we're more of that four five one as opposed to a kind of four three three that we were um, against Reading. So it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, I'm I'm really confident. I think you know Sam Winnell came out and said that, that the atmosphere is really good. The lads are feeling super positive at the moment. And I. I I think we'll get a result, and I, and I think it will be three points. I honestly believe that. Uh, James, you, you know, are you feeling that positive, or do you think that maybe, as always, it's a tough trip down there to South London? Uh, do you think we need to be more wary? Do you know what? Like I said, it will be a tough trip, but for for a change, I do think we've got the the quality to overcome the kind of like brute force, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, previously, you look at our team and you think... 
oh, will it will he go into his shell a little bit, or, or will will two or three of them not turn up because it's Millwall? But at the minute, you look and you think played two, one two, looking fantastic going forward, attacking wise, solid at the back. They've got absolutely no fear. So this is why I think Lee Bullen will continue with a four three three, and let and kind of think. We're, we're the team on, on the front foot. We're the confident team. And if we can nick an early goal in the first 10, 15 minutes, I think it, it could well be um, quite a comfortable victory for us uh, down in, in the capital this weekend. God, how good does that feel, saying that? And, you know, and not even have to kind of, you know, it's not a reach, is it? You know, we are, that, that's almost like a, almost a pessimistic viewpoint because you look at what the players that we've got, the way we're playing, the way we're set up. Um, we've got a great chance, haven't we, to really make a statement on Saturday? Like one hell of a chance, and and like I say, I think it, it's the mentality that and, and the yeah. positivity that winning breeds. Um, this is why I think, especially from from the first game at, at Reading, I think obviously that was a little bit more of an ex- a chance to go for in five in midfield, should I say, and kind of think it's a little bit cautious. It's the first game of the season. We don't want to show all our cards straight away. But now, two games, two wins, positivity. I think he's going to just say, listen, continue where you left off. Hit the ground running, continue where you left off. And, and most, en- most importantly, enjoy it, which is what they all seem to be doing. And, and nobody enjoys football more than, than when they're winning. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really hope the uh, you know, Wednesday fans, we've sold it out. Obviously, because we're massive, um, we sold it out. I hope the Wednesday fans congregate. Uh, you know, and I love those London away games. Um, you know, those South London teams. It's always uh, meet up in Borough Market, get to the Wheat Sheaf. Let's get, let's take the place over. You know, and, and really get the uh, get the old lady rocking, and then let's get out there to to the den and show them how it's done. I'm I'm really buzzing about. I think it's going to be an excellent game, and I, I really fancy us to um, to set our stall out and, and show what we can do for the rest of this season. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it for tonight. Uh, any other business? Um, I've got one little bit, which is, it's more of a kind of uh, public announcement, which is uh, Soccer AM, I've noticed on Twitter, have been quite active. Um, they've got the Wednesday fans, are going to be the fans of the week on Soccer AM. So if, um, I haven't watched it religiously in a long, long time, but it, I used to absolutely love it. Uh, I know it's changed slightly. I, they, they've put a, a new show on Saturday mornings before Soccer AM now, which maybe takes a little bit of the shine off it. But uh, Wednesday fans will be the fans of the week on Soccer AM, so tune in if you're not going to the game. Um, Jamesy, have you got anything else that you want to add? No, like I say, I think um, it, it just it's, it seems like a breath of fresh air being able to talk in, in such a positive way about what's how this summer's gone, how the start of the season's gone without thinking, oh, well, he's injured again. We've yeah. got another training ground problem. Um, we've got uh, nobody's scoring. We've the shots on target. We've got no pace. Do you know all the things that we seem to have heard for, for so many years? To kind of think this year, I think it's more of, a, of an excitement turning up to games rather than anticipation of which Sheffield Wednesday will turn up. <laughs> so I, think, I honestly bloody love it and all this positivity I know I know that by November it'll all be in Gary Uper's box we won't be talking about it anymore it'll be bullen out it'll be injuries suspensions 
terrible performances away on a Tuesday night. But for now, let's just enjoy it. Um, one last little bit, one last little fact that uh, I enjoyed this week. Uh, they did a, a rundown of the longest serving players in the championship. The longest serving player of any kind of the championship is Wednesday legend Chris Brunt. He's, it's 11 years since we sold him to West Brom. And at that point, it was our uh, record transfer outgoing. Um, so he's done 11 years at West Brom. He can't be too far off retiring. But in fifth place, Liam Palmer, Ramon, the, is now becoming one of the best fullbacks outside the top division, has done nine years at Sheffield Wednesday. And Kieran Lee... Oh, granted, he's played eight games in this time, has been there for seven years. That's the 11th longest serving player in the championship. Um, it is fantastic to have, you know, these kind of servants of the uh, servants of the club. Um, I, a lot of the time I feel like this squad is kind of at the last chance saloon, that this, you know, this is the, the last season that we've got for these players to do something really special together. But at the same time, you look at the ages of them, and yes, although they're veteran players and they've been for a long time, um, they're in the absolute peak of their careers right now. If you look at the Bannons, at the Hutchisons, at the Lees, you know, Reach is coming into the prime. Fletcher is just probably just the other side of his prime, but he's still right there. And then you've got Liam Palmer, who we still think is like, you know, he's like under 18s, isn't he? No, Liam Palmer is like a father of seven kids and he's 34 and he's got nine <laughs> houses. Uh, you know, the, Wednesday, this squad, this team is absolutely set up to make a run at it this season. Um, and... I think we said it. The only thing that's going to hold us back is fitness. I don't think that there is going to there, there isn't a manager that's going to ruin what we've got. There isn't, you know, the, the players are bought into it. I'm really, really excited, Jamesy. I know you can hear it in my voice. Um, and like you've said about the, the longevity of these players, you look at um, coaching staff. Lee Bullen's been at that club for. God, yeah, ten you know. years. Do you know what I mean? Is is um is it a coincidence that we've got all these players who have been there for so long who are now in form to go along with a manager who's been at the club, although not managing, he's been at the club for such a long period of time, and now he's being given his chance. They all seem to be shining at the same time. So um, long, long may it continue. Absolutely, we are. I think we're buzzing, aren't we? We're, I know it's early season positivity, but. I think there's good foundations there, isn't there? We're not we're not just throwing shit against the wall and see what sticks. I think I think we both feel it that there's a real chance here that this could be something special this season. One hundred percent, definitely. Like you say, there's even even off the pitch, down to the little things such as having shirts on sale at the right time. Yeah. Um, it's the little things that matter to these fans, and it's the little things that they remember. Um, Bloody love um, it! Let's let's have it! Let's have it! Right, and add it to add it to three points. What more could anybody want? Absolutely, that's all we need. That is all we need. Right on one of the most positive notes that we've finished one of these uh, these podcasts. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure, James. Kate, you are as always welcome back anytime. Um, you know, I'm so glad I swiped right and we got a match on that photo. Uh, if the good people of the Wednesday week uh, want to follow you, find you, uh, and, and hear about what you're doing. How would they contact you? Yep, so you can get me on Twitter 
at JamesK89. Always on there, quite opinionated, put a lot of stuff, football stuff on there. So, yeah, any questions anybody wants to follow, then then please feel free. Definitely. It's uh, a breath of fresh air reading your timeline. It's all fantastic. And, uh, and I hope people turn up and uh, and watch you against. Uh, I've got a bit of split loyalty because the, the mighty Nairsborough FC, I've got a couple of uh, a couple of mates who are involved there as well. But uh, I hope it's a, a great day of non-league football, especially when the Wednesday are 200 miles away. Um, so, yeah, that's Jamesy. I, as always, am at Sausage Arms uh, on Twitter and Insta. Uh, no more holidays for me this year, so it, it, most of my feed is actually going to be relevant to people's interests. Uh, I'm going to try and post many more thoughts about uh, Sheffield Wednesday and how I'm feeling. We will be back next week. I think Dan Fudge is slated to return from his uh, from his holiday in France. He'll be hosting. Um, we will have some wonderful voices, as always, to get involved and give you the latest. Hopefully, they'll be talking about three points from Millwall. Um, in the meantime... Enjoy the uh, the weekend, enjoy the rest of the week, and until you hear us next, then enjoy your time. Keep up to date with the Wednesday Week on Twitter at TWWcast or on our website, thewednesdayweek.co.uk. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh! Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later! And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.